This is the business of sports. Should Major League Baseball shorten up the season? How do we present football to the audience of the future? I don't think that most players understand the power that they have. Michael Barr. The future of IndyCar racing is looking bright. Scott Soshnick. Very basic math here. More bidders means more money. Evan Novi williams The team value has essentially quadrupled. And the leaders in the sports industry. Time to bring in our guest, Hal Steinbrenner. National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman. Atlanta Braves President Derek Schiller. Patriots President Jonathan Kraft. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Scott Soshnick. And this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast where, and if Michael Barr was here and not gallivanting around Detroit on vacation, he would say the big we explore the money. What does he say? See, we need Michael Barr here, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today we begin with Magic Johnson stepping down as an executive with the Lakers. I was happier when I wasn't the president. And when you got to make trades, you're not happy. When you, when you, when you like people. Um, and then um, I think that uh, Luke is a good man. I like Luke a lot. And so, you know, so what? We have a different opinions about different things. That's okay. You know, that, that happens in life. But no, my, my concern is really my relationship with my sister. And that's Jeannie Buss. That's all I care about. I don't, all the rest of the stuff don't really matter. All right. So the Luke he was referencing, of course, Luke Walton, the coach, reportedly on his way out. On his way out. Magic had gotten permission to fire him, but Magic fired himself first. Um, and, and weird, though. He showed up to the arena last night and sort of hung out by the parking lot waiting for Jeannie bus so he could tell Jeannie that he's leaving. Then he was told Jeannie's not coming tonight. And then he holds an impromptu press conference to say he's resigning. Yeah, 40 minute, you know, kind of ranting and raving. And my big takeaway was that he, he seemed like a guy who just got out of jail, right? It's like they see the gate closing behind him and he breathes the fresh air. You know, he said he called himself a free bird, didn't want to be handcuffed. He wants to go back to having fun. Uh, he really painted a picture. I, I don't know who's going to take this not, job after him, it's but not it did like not make he me doesn't want the job. Know, but it's not like he doesn't know. He's done this before. He knows what the job entails, and that is sometimes firing people, and that is sometimes trading people, and that may be long hours in a gym you don't want to be in uh, instead of traipsing around Italy as he does in the offseason. It is not easy. I once asked Pat Riley um, about the idea that people could do the job without being around all the time, (laughs) and Pat was like, no. No, no, no. You need to be there. You need to hear. You need to see. He's like, I'd love to do this job for the Bahamas. Just doesn't work that way. Yeah, and I think it, and I'm not dragging Magic Johnson here. He said it himself. This is not a job that he's cut out for, right? He, he clearly did not want to have to do all the things that you're describing. He didn't want to fire Luke Walton. You know, he didn't want to have to, you know, look players in the eye and say, look, we're getting rid of you. We're trading you. We're cutting you, et cetera. Um, and, and this is a job that requires that, you know? So, you know, g- good luck to him. He's 59 years old. He's a legend. He's a businessman. As you know, he's a part owner in the Dodgers. Um, there is a lot that he's going to be able to keep himself busy with now that he's out of the job that he's held for what, two years or so? Yeah. And if he really is worried about his relationship with Jeannie Buss, he needn't. Jeannie was out with a statement saying, uh, you know, I love you, Irvin. You're part of the family. And that's how close Next Jerry, Jerry Buss was. 
Yeah. So yeah, next time give me a call. Yeah. Like, if you find out I'm not going to be, just like this could be a lesson for young folks. If you're going to leave a job and there's somebody really, really close to you who is your your superior, tell them. Tell them first. Don't have an impromptu press conference. But hey, yeah, everything seems to be right with. Magic and Genie, even if everything is not right with the LA Lakers. And Magic, yeah, I mean, this is a you know one of the you know biggest franchises in basketball. You know, sixteen-time champions. They're worth over three and a half, or three and a half billion dollars. They haven't been to the playoffs since two thousand thirteen. Well, they get LeBron um, this year. They you got know, for LeBron sure they're this going year. To the and what I wanted to ask you: How much do you think that this, you know, Magic stepping down, obviously tired of being in the position? How much do you think that? LeBron James's arrival in in LA kind of factors into that. I mean, it, it, LeBron has brought chaos to organizations in the past. Anytime in the first year that he's LeBron arrived. shows up, and his LeBron and his folks are used to having say in how things are run. Uh, LeBron is a looming large presence. They did not make the playoffs. What's LeBron's age right now? He, uh, he's 32, 33, something like that. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of miles on that body. He is now trying to recruit players to the Lakers. You're competing against other teams with lots of cap space and free money. Uh, I don't care if it's the Knicks uh, competing with the Nets. He's competing with some real teams. Uh, let's see which marquee free agents he can get, but... Ain't gonna be around magic. So yeah. LeBron, he, LeBron is thirty four. Um, this I is assume thirty four. Thirty four. You just looked it up. Uh, I did. I looked it up. Yeah. The we did I, Michael Barr math. <laughs> I assume. I assume this is still a coveted position, right? I oh, mean, this of course, is the of Lakers. Course, this of course, is, of course. and even even despite the fact that you're kind of coming into a team where you know you have a powerful player that you know might might even be more powerful than it's, you are. It's the Lakers. Yeah. It's the, well interesting. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Next topic. Adidas teaming up with, and you're used to a big name team here, like you're waiting for an EPL yeah, Cardi club, B. <laughs> or yeah, or somebody like Cardi B, Beyonce. But no, uh, friend of the program Paul Rabel and his Premier Lacrosse League teaming up with Adidas. And what I take away from this, Evan, is the portion. Sure, they're going to get their shoes and their and their jerseys. Okay, I get it. The part that I see as a good match here is we know Paul and we know his social media presence and, and his brother Michael as well. Adidas is fond of this creator's label. And we can see that with Kanye. We see it with James Harden. It's about more than just the athlete. That part of this deal where Adidas is going to put money into content creation seems like a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, and we've had Paul on the podcast. He's told us about his digital strategy. Uh, Dan Neer, who runs Adidas Lacrosse, one of the things he told me, you know, this is the most digitally focused sports league that we've kind of ever seen, you know, especially in in, in, in the lacrosse space, right? So, so for a brand that really likes its athletes and its celebrity endorsers uh, to be able to create on their own, either, you know, artistically, you know, via video, via music, via, you know, clothing. Um, this is a, this works very well with Adidas, right? Paul built this league. He's still an active player. You know, he wanted it to be a more player centric league, you know, so there's a creator tie in just directly right there. But, but, but speaking more broadly, you know, their, their, their digital goals, their social goals, very much aligns with what Adidas is trying to, to build itself right now brand wide. Yeah, what we heard from Paul and Michael is that lacrosse, there's a there's a big storytelling aspect. It's a lifestyle with lacrosse that has never been told. They've been trying to do it. Now with the boost from Adidas, Adidas, 
and the platforms of NBC, which is their broadcast partner. It'll be very interesting to see if folks like Adidas athlete Miles Jones, um, he's sort of like, to me, that the cool OBJ, he's got the mohawk sometimes, the colored mohawk. Like, does he take off and become sort of this household personality among lacrosse fans? By the way, growing audience, affluent audience, mm -hmm. can buy a lot of stuff. Does he become the, the other players that you see now? I never, I, I frankly, I don't remember his name, but one of the goalies who's like the size of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> like, Paul puts his stuff on, on uh, Twitter all the time. Have you seen this guy? Then there's done. a face-off guy nicknamed the Animal. I swear, it, look, it looks like, remember I said the, the cartoon guys where you hit them over the head with a, with a crowbar and the bar bends over the head? <laughs> That's what they look like. And I would just wonder if they can become mega stars in the community. Yeah, and the league kicks off uh, this summer. Six teams, uh, for those who don't remember, unlike a kind of a traditional sports league where, where teams are based in cities, this is kind of a traveling model. So all six teams travel together. You know, they're going to be doing, you know, weekends in Boston, in New York, in Baltimore, across, across exactly across the country, um, and th yeah, this you, you mentioned NBC, which is their other probably top tier partner. Um, lacrosse, professional lacrosse, has a an entrenched outdoor and an entrenched indoor league, and and PLL is trying to you know elevate itself to becoming the premier outdoor league. Um, I would imagine you know adding Adidas, what what the Rabel brothers told you, Scott. You know this is the the biggest. Uh, apparel partnership ever in pro lacrosse this just kind of adds another kind of uh, arrow to their to their quiver all right let's move on to the final topic the new jersey devils friends of the program as mm. well mr scott o'neill mr hugh weber congratulations it's one of those years where no it's not lebron james because it doesn't <laughs> get as much attention but if you follow hockey and the up-and-comers there's an American by the name of Jack Hughes who is widely considered the top number one prospect out there. And without them saying it, it's pretty safe to say Mr. Hughes will be headed to Prudential Center. Yeah, for basketball fans that are familiar with not trying for Zion this year, NHL, lose for Hughes. Lose it's, for Hughes. It, it was that he, – he's that much of, you know, an expected superstar that, you know, they, they put the uh, – made the phrase for him. Um, but a great, a great result for the Devils, right? Two years ago, they had the number one pick. They picked Nico Heischer. They Good player. They traded for Taylor Hall, who was the number one pick in 2010. Became the MVP. He became the MVP, was injured most of this year. So they're going to get him back. They're probably going to add Hughes to the mix. Uh, I would imagine Hugh Weber was popping some champagne uh, this week. I, when I they saw, found like, out about speaking that. of social media, I saw Hugh put out on Twitter he was hugging the ping pong ball machine. <laughs> I didn't send back to him Hugh a little awkward photo, but he was hugging it. Scott O'Neill sent me a video of the staff, the Devil staff, watching it unfold. Oh, there you go. And they went bonkers yeah. when the, you know, the Devil's logo was shown. So uh, good news for New Jersey in general. At a time, by the way, when the playoffs are about to start. sure and area hockey, by the way, the number two runner up in the in the draft was you know the New New, Jer New York Rangers. Um, people assume they're going to take the uh, the Finnish kid Capo Kako. Love the name. Great name. Love the name. Got a I'll great buy, name. I'd like to buy a vowel. 
Uh, but yeah, as we head into the playoffs, you know, they kick off this week. Um, lots of fun, juicy storylines. One that I'm particularly interested in, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, they, they drew the, the the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are, you know, the runaway best team in the league so far in the regular season. Uh, but a really kind of compelling story, in my opinion, out of Columbus. You know, a team that was kind of teetering on the edge of maybe making the playoffs, maybe not. Were they going to be sellers at the deadline? Were they going to be buyers? They turned into huge buyers. Um, with a bunch of with, unrestricted with bunch free of, agents yeah, on their roster. Bur- you, Sergei Bobrovsky, yeah, Artemi Panarin. Panarin, Matt Duchesne. Yep. You can argue that I think their six or seven best players are all free agents at the end of this year. They they're, better not do gonna, something. they're not going to be able to something. keep them all. Uh, so a nice, you know, they, they they rolled the dice a little bit, right? And, and, and ending up playing the Lightning in the first round is maybe not the best draw. <laughs> but I like the idea of a team that is maybe risking a bit of its long-term future trying to win now, and I'll be interested to watch them. Well, I'm just gonna, um, for me, I'm watching one series closely. I want to see every minute of Toronto and Boston. Mm, yep. Two teams that I, I think every, everyone thinks could win the Stanley Cup. Really, really Without both question. could win, and they face each other in the first round. Too bad one of them's got to go. But uh, this is the time when the NHL shines. On Twitter, you'll see, hey, we're headed to overtime again. Mm -hmm. No more shootouts. We're going to play this one out. Maybe we'll have double overtime, triple overtime. A lot of fans, sort of casual fans, find the sport this time of year. And we got to see if they can sort of, again, how do you ride that? How do you become bigger? How do you win the new fans? Um, How do you generate more revenue? What does the NHL do? I mean, they've got young players. You've got stars. You've got great matchups, but you got to capitalize. Yeah, and let's not sleep on the on the Vegas Golden Knights either. Year two, they're playing probably just as well, if not even better, than they were at this point I last year. I still contend year. getting to the Stanley Cup Finals the, was not good for them in their first year. Anything short now will be a major disappointment, and then you see what happens to the Maybe true, but there has not been a sophomore slump yet from a fan perspective and right. and that is for my money the the the, the biggest you know expansion success story of, of the modern era in american sports um so you know we'll, we'll be fun to watch the the vegas knights as well they play the shacks right they play the sharks yeah right, so eric carlson's been hurt but two, he's two back loud buildings yeah good beards too i know i like that <laughs> all right i am scott soshnick along with eben novi williams michael barr is hanging out in detroit watching his tigers which means he is And we'll be happy when Michael Barr is back next week. We're a rudderless ship without you. Uh, We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Brooklyn Nets GM Sean Marks. Yeah, he's happy too. Yeah, he's a happy guy. You are listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts.